0: Aren't you excited? (laughs) I can tell. Well, we'll see. We'll we'll see how it turns out. Um, As I've told you in the past, sometimes I think my sermons are a little bit more effective and practical than they were back in the day when I was a full-time missionary. Because now I live in the real world all the time. It was quite—I will have to say—it was quite an education for me when I switched from the mission to the world of Coca-Cola. And uh, we'll talk about that more another time. But uh, it, that's... I, sometimes, I, I remember g- telling my friends, you know, we're arguing about jots and tittles, and the world out there is dying and going to hell. They don't even know there was a Jesus. So let's keep the main thing the main thing. And uh, that's what it's going to be about for the next six weeks. Now, one of the things we're going to do, because this book, and if you have it and read it, and I'm not going to ask you if you read it or to show your hands. I hope you did, and I hope you do. Um, One of the things you're going to find if you follow along in the sermons is that I'm going to go pretty much lockstep along with the book. That's pretty easy to do because it's biblical, and there are biblical passages laid out in each chapter, so I'm just going to do a little bit of exposition and commentary on each one and draw a conclusion, so hopefully maybe clarify some things and hammer it home. If you're if you're if you're reading it, that is of course. Now, part of that is of course this week the sermon is, and I call the series "I will" or "I will be," and this week is a functioning church member. Now there are key words there: functioning church and member. Uh, this is a church because it's a body of believers, and you're a member here. But do you function? And part of functioning is participating. And so, part of participating, I think, is a good thing to do is have everybody help. So, I'm just going to choose at random now someone to come up and read Scripture. And uh, so, I, I'm sure you're all you're Baptists. This is a Baptist church. So I'm sure you all brought your Bibles. You got really quiet. <laughs> Some of you are frantically looking, where I me? Corinthians? Is that in the Old or the New Testament? Well, that's in the. Yeah, that's in the used portion. Actually, next week, next week, I am going to have someone read scripture, and I'd like it to be somebody who has never done it before. Thor's job is to find that person. I don't want anybody Uh-oh. to get sick and you know and throw up or anything, but but I I, th- I would like to see that. And so this week, your by the person who's going to do that in your place is Thor. So come on up and read
1: scripture, will you? I was randomly selected. (laughs) Why is y'all laughing? I haven't read this passage to you specifically. Okay, 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 26. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we are all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, Where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and on those parts of the body that we think less honorable we bestow the greater honor and on our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty which our more presentable parts do not require but God has so composed the body giving greater honor to the part that lacked it that there may be no division in the body but that the members but that the members may be may have the same care for one another if one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Thank you.
0: Now I'll pray briefly. Lord, help me today as I teach on this subject to teach well, to speak clearly, to be honest. And Lord, may it be about you and not about us. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. It, it is an interesting subject and It's also challenging to pick up and, and go week after week with fresh material, um, at least following a mindset of focusing on one idea, and that is, what does it mean to be a member of the body of Christ? What does it mean for you? And uh, As I was thinking about this week's function, something came to mind from my childhood. How many of you... Remember Saturday morning schoolhouse rock? Could you? All right, there are a few of you. So, could anybody sing with conjunction junction? What's your function? I actually looked it up. I was going to play it for you, but I, I I won't do that. But a function, a <laughs> everything has a function. If it doesn't, then it has no use. Um, it's interesting. I was thinking also about memberships as you read through the chapter, and I think I. I'm not sure, I think it's a credit card out there that says membership has its privileges. Well, you have privileges here, too, in the church, and that is that you get to participate. Um, but And at church, it's really not about perks, about what you get. It's about opportunities. Now, all of you know how where we've gotten as a church to where a church today is often about I go there because I like the music, I go there because I like the chairs, I go there because they have the best coffee, actually... Just heard that this week, I go to that church because they have the best coffee. Well at least he's going to church, I figure. you know, I'd, if I didn't like your coffee, I'd bring my own, I guess but 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 really, and that is that is the society in America that we live in today serve me. Please me, feed me. And so. When we say we're going to turn it around, we're we're just you know we're going to swim upstream, and it's a little bit harder than floating down the river. I have told you at different times about the Kichwa Church where I served for many years, and in the early years, the Kichwa Church functioned this way: the people would come. Now, nobody had cars, so in other words, you sometimes people walked fifteen minutes an hour to get to church. And if you walk that long to get to church, you're not going to just stay there an hour. They say it would be a waste of time. So then, And if you're there, everybody participated. I've been in many churches where if there are 20 families there, every family sings a special number. They sing all the verses, by the way, so you're there a long time. But try to leave someone out and don't let them participate. They're furious. Why would I go to church and not do something? What don't they like about me? Another thing kind of interesting, if they come in, they shake everybody's hand. It doesn't matter if it's one hour in or 15 minutes. They go along, and if you don't shake their hand, they'll just keep tapping you on the head until you shake their hand. It's all this interaction, all this function. You would look at it and say they're sitting on benches on the dirt floor, but they're all participating and they're all putting in. That's where we're going. Way out of our cultural comfort zone. but as I say, okay, fire me. I don't work for you, so But now, those are Daniel's ideas. Now let's look at what does the Bible say about membership? And number one, membership means we are all necessary parts of the whole. We're all necessary parts of the whole. And in 1 Corinthians 12: 27 and 28, we, we have these, th- these phrases there. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually, and God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps and ministrations, varieties of tongues. Now you are the body of Christ. Starts out. Now that is a fact. That is a fact. You are the body of Christ. You are the church. This is just a building. You know that, but try to hammer it into your head and and hold on to that fact. And and individual members of it. So in other words, each one of you is part of the body of Christ. None of you are the body of Christ by yourself. Therefore, the fallacy of the person that says, I love Jesus, but I don't need the church. You've just proven that you are telling a lie. Jesus called us to be a part of the church. So if you love Him, you're going to obey Him. If you're not obeying Him, you don't really love Him. So if you're not in part in a church, you can't be here every Sunday. Sometimes you're sick. Sometimes there's a snowstorm. Whatever, but you're a part of the function. You're all individual members of it, and 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 then the phrase, and God has placed these in the church. Do you realize you're planned? None of you were accidental? God didn't say, oops, Fred got in. Now what do I do with him? Well, I mean, that guy doesn't fit. He smells funny. He, I mean, he combs his hair, or he doesn't, in my case. doesn't matter. But not everybody here is the same. And it's not always comfortable, is it? You see, because when we're in a church body, not everybody's in the same social group. But when you're in these walls, you are part of the same social group. And sometimes it's a little uncomfortable out in the world, and you can tell me it's not, but it is. When you're with your buddies, whether it's the sports group or it's the golf group or it's the rich group, and uh, you know this other person shows up and they, they smell funny and they don't dress quite right and things like that, and they smile and say hello. I mean, they're going to ask you, what's up with that? Yeah, 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 we're part of the same Church, we're part of the same body, but the key is God planned it. God planned before the beginning of time that every one of you, I believe, would be sitting right where you are, right at this moment today. Even planned that I would be here preaching to you. That I have a hard time understanding. Truly, that it means, folks, then that it was a fact that we're all needed and it were planned. All of us are necessary. You are necessary as a part of this body. In 1 Corinthians twelve twelve, it says, For as the body is one and has many members, but all the bodies, members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. The Unity. We're one. All the parts of the body, and though many, are one body. One body. One group. One church. All the members of the body are necessary. So there isn't anybody here this morning who doesn't need to be here. If you're not here, you'll be missed, and you all need to be participating. Number two, membership means we're all different, but we still work together. In 1 Corinthians 12, 26, we see this phrase, so if one member suffers, all members suffer with it. You hurt, I hurt. Someone once said to me, if the church is functioning properly, when you cry, I taste salt in my mouth. Are you compassionate? That's what he calls us to here. We're different, but we work together. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. You smile, I smile. We are different. I bet that in this room there are Republicans. And I bet there are Democrats. And if not, I'll bet that there are Republicans here that don't like Donald Trump. And I'll bet there are other ones who do because I saw a cap out there. You know what? It doesn't matter. We are different. Some of us like to wear a certain style of clothes. Others wear different kinds of clothes. We're different. Our likes are different. The way we talk is different. The way we walk is different. But even though we are different, we work together. But it only functions if we're working together. Number three, membership means everything we say and do is based on a biblical foundation of love. Everything? Wow. Isn't that nice when you take a test? Isn't it fun to go to the doctor and they say, climb on the scale? Now, even worse than that, I remember in Ecuador where they fly out to the jungle. They had a scale. And a guy standing by the scale, and the pilot was over there with his board. And you'd climb on the scale, and they'd yell out the weight. And the missionary lady said, it is just an absolute uh, exercise in humility. And the one lady uh, Dottie Walker, she was you know, in, she was in her late 60s when I was there and, and she said, you know, I weigh 272 pounds but I sure wish nobody knew that. But everybody knows it. He, I just get on there and they yell it out for all the world to hear. Amazing. But they don't do it because they're being mean. It just shows the absolute truth. Everything that we say based on love now, in the chapter, it talked about 1 Corinthians 13 a lot. And, of course, we use 1 Corinthians 13 in weddings. We use it in relationships. But we rarely think about it in its context, which is all about how a church is supposed to function. Everything in love? That's why James talks so much about the tongue and gossip and all the damage that it does. Everything, that what we do and what we say. I know it's probably a little easier if you apply it to your home. husbands, and wives. Everything you say is based on love? I don't know. Thor do you get through a whole week doing that? Maybe. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. But everything in First Corinthians thirteen verses four to five it says, "Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. Is not boastful. Is not conceited. Does not act pro- improperly. Is not selfish. Is not provoked. And does not keep a record of wrongs." <laughs> I especially like the last one. Does not keep a record of wrongs. Now I grew up in a Baptist church in Sibley, Iowa. It was all fine till I got old enough to participate in an, um, an, uh, an annual meeting. Well, I remember when, and it was something that was brought up from 25 years ago that I'd never heard of in my life. I mean, here was this saintly, godly man all my life, and I found out that he had run over Mrs. Wilson's tulips back in 1947. So you can't ha- let him do that or whatever. Now, maybe it doesn't happen here, but it probably does. And I keep going back and forth. You look at the relationship between a husband and wife in the home, and then you look at the church and how it functions, and they're very similar how that's to be, not remembering wrongs from the past. You imagine how that would impact, especially when you've got some tent, It's all fine when you're going the right direction. You know, when you're all going someplace, somebody's happy to go. Yeah, that's all great. Sweet. Now there's tension. Now Now there's a discussion. And that's when the problems come out. I want to put in a word here and say, watch out for sarcasm. Sarcasm has become a type of humor very, very common in our culture. Now, that comes from the Greek Sar and chasm, and that is ripping the flesh, is what it means, literally. And sarcastic humor is funny, isn't it? Almost all the time. But then again, it isn't always really funny, because there's a little bit of the truth mixed in there, and we'll give you a zinger. Oh, brothers and sisters are really good at it. I have a sister who, if we are having any family discussion, doesn't happen often now because my parents have passed away, but as they were getting older and there were family discussions, and sometimes I had a rather strong opinion, and she would say, oh, sure, Mr. Preacher Man there with a good attitude. Mr. Preacher Man. She didn't mean Mr. Preacher Man. Be very careful with sarcasm all the time, and especially amongst yourselves in the body, because it may be funny to you, but it may hurt. Words matter. Everything we say and do is based on a biblical foundation of love if we're acting like a functioning biblical church membership. Everything. And finally, number four, church membership is functioning membership. I've, re- I've said that phrase several times, but right out of 1 Corinthians 12, 15 to 17, if the foot should say, because I am a hand, I am not of the body. If the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? It's simple, but the function of the nose is to smell. function of the eye is to hear. The function of the ear is to hear. The function of the hand is to grasp. The function of the foot is to walk now, some time ago, I installed a laminate floor in my house three, or four years ago. And when I start working on a project, I want to get done. And so I just kept going. I noticed that my feet were beginning to be go to sleep. I just kept going and I finished. I don't know if any of you have ever experienced what is called drop foot. But that is what I had for the next, I had both feet for a while, but then about a month and a half in one, I couldn't pick my foot up. I would pitch that nerve in there, and it was just there, and I'd walk like Frankenstein, thump, thump. thump, and, And your balance is off, and now you can't do things. And all of a sudden, my foot, that I don't spend a lot of time thinking about, became very, very important to me. See, if my foot didn't function, there were a number of things I couldn't do. And it's the same way. Some of you are feet. Some of you are eyes, some of you are ears, some of you are hands. But all of you have a part. What are you doing? What are you doing here in the church? What are you, how are you involved? Um, church members are made to function. They're not made to be um, observers. They're made to function. So in conclusion, I'd like to say this. And uh, a very well-known phrase, to be or not to be, that's the question, always not part of it. Are you going to be a functioning member are you not going to be a functioning member? Because if you're just a spectator, you're really not an actual member. Membership means we're all necessary, we're all different, everything we do is based on love and we function, we do, we put our hands there. It's been, um, the the typical church has been compared to a football game, a professional football game, where you have 22 people desperately in need of rest being watched by 50,000 people desperately in need of exercise. And I would say most churches are the same way. Uh, In the book it mentioned that maybe one out of three members is really working, the other two probably being spectators. Imagine what you could do if you get everybody involved in that process what can you do what can you do and I think as you as you work through this and you read and say if you read this ask yourself what can I do part of it I will tell the leaders here part of it is people are afraid because we're afraid that if we try we'll fail and then it'll be called out and we don't like to look bad some of us are sure that we can't do anything anyway and others of us probably have a little bit of laziness in us that's, uh, that, that's a sin as well and we need to get over that and say well uh, here I am you know, I don't know what I'll do. I'll hold the door open, I guess, but do something. And uh, we got to let them do that as well. Christ has called us then, according to these passages, he's called us to be a hand, a foot, an eye, a nose, or an ear, whatever it is that Christ has called you to do, do it. Do it. But always do it biblically. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the fact that we, as members of the church, are called by you to be functional members, to be involved. Lord, I ask that you would move in hearts, move in minds, and get people out of their pews and into action. And I thank you for the time you've given us today, Lord, in your word. May you be honored and glorified. In Jesus' name, amen.